Hello everyone, welcome to episode 604 of Cold Wave Soundcheck. I'm Aaron Pollack. This season we're chatting with the performers of the Cold Wave 6 Festival in Chicago September 29th, 30th, and October 1st. Featured acts at Metro will include Stabbing Westward, Cold Cave, Front 242, Severed Heads, KMFDM, Ogre, and more. While at Smartfar, you'll find the Gossicles, Chris Mackey, Bombardier, and End User. For the full lineup and ticket links, head to coldwaves.net. This week we're chatting with Sunday Metro performer Scott Fox. This is a Varden Sphere.
close to about 10 years ago now. Came out of DJing. I was a DJ at a local club in Edmonton. I noticed some of the guys around me were playing with drum machines and making music. So I'm like, well, shit, maybe I'll get myself a drum machine and see if I can tie that into DJing at all. And it failed miserably, but I ended up with this drum machine. And I'm like, well, maybe I'll learn how to use this thing. So I got to know the drum machine pretty well and then uh, figured, well, maybe I can record some of this shit. So I uh, got a couple of pieces of software like Cubase and all that and then uh, just started putting together tracks from there. Then uh, down the rabbit hole it went. Now I'm all up into Ableton and been through a billion pieces of drum machines and synthesizers and everything. And I've had as much fun as that on that side of the thing as I have actually releasing music, just sitting there playing on a drum machine or synthesizer. It's just a, a super fun hobby. So after the first little while, uh, anyway, I started putting these songs together. And then um, a label called Synthetic Sounds based out of Vancouver caught wind of all the stuff I was doing. And so I tied in with them for a little while and then uh, eventually moved on to Metropolis Records and been sitting there ever since. The live show has evolved probably as much as the recorded material. Everything I do live is really dependent on who I can have with me and who I can have with me really depends on what region I'm playing in. So depending on whether or not I'm playing in Canada, the US or the UK or wherever, then the lineup changes very drastically. I mean, I have a couple, a few core members on the production team. There's like myself, uh, Jamie Blacker, Yan. Uh, we, hand, we handle most of the production work. And then my like core live guys are, uh, you know, it's myself and Chuck and a few of the other guys that can get tied in with me. Occasionally we perform with a uh, Booming Tree Tycho group and then um, various other performers. And I love them all for getting on board with me and doing this. Makes a hell of a lot of fun. And it makes for like wildly different stage shows everywhere, everywhere I go. So last year you toured with a fellow Cold Waves alumni, Cyanotic. Tell me about touring with them. That was a a heck of a tour, man. A a lot of things kind of went weird on the tour, but everybody that was on the tour said, screw this, and we made it happen, and it ended up being a really cool thing. I fell in love with the Cyanotic guys. They're pretty awesome people. (laughs) Yeah, super rad, super rad guys. We faced adversity and kicked its ass. <laughs> yeah, there, there was a lot of just um, climactic weirdness on that tour. Like there was demonstrations in Atlanta. There was um, a shooting in Baltimore when we were playing, and not at the venue, but uh, elsewhere in Baltimore while we were playing. Somebody got shot at a vigil and stuff like that. So it was just like this constant stream of weirdness on that tour. And then, um, but it was a real pleasure jamming with those guys and had a couple of those guys join us on stage you know, every other night. You know, a lot of fun. I know you started off with trouble with the um, getting over the border with the visa system. It seems like a lot of bands have had a lot of difficulty crossing over and coming into the States. Tell me about as a Canadian band where there's a lot of U.S. fans that want to see you, how difficult the process is. That right there set the tone off the start for the whole tour. I tell you, it is really getting tough uh, as a Canadian act to get into the States. Like back when I started this, it was, uh, you know, you apply for your visa and it's a 35 day period in which you could have to process it. I mean, you, you handed your application and within 35 days, you could typically expect a response. If you had to do a rush fee, they would charge you extra and you could probably get it done in a couple of weeks. And that slowly went up as America tightened its borders. So um, now you're looking at roughly a four-month lead time for getting your 
your visa taken care of, which is, I don't need to say, a lot of people aren't really able to pull that off. Now, when you hand in your visa, you have to have all your contracts signed with each of the venues. There's a long, dirty list of paperwork that you have to provide the U.S. government to be able to push this through. It's not always possible, you know, like uh, some venues, you, you like when you hand in the application, you have to have the venue capacity, how much ticket prices are going to be. And quite often the promoter hasn't even thought about the show four months ahead of time, much less figure out what ticket prices are going to be, or they might not have the venue locked down four months ahead of time. So, I mean, it's a, it's a crapshoot. It really is. And then for uh, an American band coming North, all they need is a letter of invite. <laughs> I mean, you show up the border with a letter saying, I'm going to play this venue and all right, thanks. Come on through. And there's no charge.
man, Alberta, you know, Calgary and Edmonton, we've had a really strong scene for a really long time. There was a, a number of establishments up in here that really held the torch, even when a lot of places in North America were fading out. And I was just proud as hell to be a part of that. Even in the heyday, when you know you'd show up at club night and there'd be like you know, four or five, six hundred people partying, and all dancing to industrial, you go to another city somewhere else and you'd see like a fraction of that people. So you knew that you had something special. And no matter how much people at home might, you know, be upset that the night wasn't good or the DJ sucked that night or something like that, you just want to smack everybody upside the head and see, be be thankful for what you have because goddamn, it's awesome. And now. There's this magical resurgence happening. I mean, new club nights are starting up. People that I don't even know in my local city are starting up industrial or goth nights. And I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> I mean, it's just a whole new wave of spooky people that I don't even know. So it really gives me some hope that there's some real future in, uh, in what we've got going on in the spooky scene, not just here, but everywhere. Recently, you've set up a, a Patreon account, which to me is sort of like a modern day uh, fan club type thing. But instead of just getting, you know, your T-shirt and, and your membership card now, depending on your levels, you know, there's different there's different ways you can interact with the fans. And I, I think this is a really cool, new and interesting way to, to service the fans that are super interband. So tell me about the options that you've been able to set up for that. Oh, man, Patreon is a really interesting environment. I mean, I've never seen before a place where you can really connect with fans on that level where you can be like, Hey, you know what? I got these things I want to do. And all of a sudden these people are like, you know, I want to be part of that. We're, we're getting that all in the progress of uh, process of happening right now. And uh, probably around the first of the month, we'll be starting to dish out the rewards on that. And the rewards are ranging from, Hey, just get regular updates of what we got going on. Some insider pictures of the studio. Uh, you graduate from that to, you know, getting to be on board the actual messaging system that myself, Jamie, and Yan use to write the album. So you can sit there and listen to us talk about all the creative choices that we're making because obviously I'm in Edmonton, Jamie's in Leeds, UK, and uh, Yan is out in like Utrecht. So we can never really see each other to do the album. So these people can see the whole creative process from the inside, like every choice we make. And we can even invite them to like give feedback. Like they're going to be able to hear the stuff that we're doing as well. Like I'll be like, Hey Jamie, here's this track I'm working on, or here's what I did to the chorus of this. And I'll share them a quick demo. And these people are going to be able to, to listen to that and kind of take part in the whole creative process. And that is, it's just unprecedented. I've never even found a way that people can like realistically be invited into such an environment and to have it happen. is just really awesome. And a lot of people have signed up for it. I'm really impressed. I think you give the people the opportunity to do something like that and they'll really surprise you. This is sort of a dumb question, but I tried to go to your website of and that now appears to be a Japanese website about saving for <laughs> retirement. Well, you know what? I think Ivardensphere is really important to the Japanese people. And I think if they can retire with Ivardensphere, then that makes me happy. All the power to them. So your newest release is Exile. Tell me about that one. And there's a cover of Westworld. Is that is that from the TV show? Yeah, it is. I like watching the show. I thought the song was really cool. And I figured I could make that into something uh, a little different. So I took the core idea of the tune and recontextualized it to something just really different. The album was... Uh, 
it came together kind of strange. I mean, uh, I was working on some material, some material sort of from the fable era, some of it newer stuff, but none of it really fit with the direction that I want to go with the release that I'm working on. I just started working on now, but it really, I thought it all fit well together. So I figured, all right, I'll finish off a couple tracks for it and release it just as a straight digital thing. So I can kind of get those songs out and then focus entirely on this uh, thing I'm doing right now, which is a, a really ambitious new release I hope to have done for later this year. So besides this new release that you're working on and the Cold Wave set that you're playing, uh, do you have anything else coming up? Any other live shows coming up around that? Uh, yeah, I've got um, Infest happening out in the UK. we uh, playing there. Playing a show in Helsinki. Uh, playing another one in Tallinn, uh, Estonia, which would be pretty cool. I think there's uh, a few... Uh, other possible shows lined up, but nothing I can really talk about yet. So there's always gigs happening here and there. Uh, I'm also doing a number of uh, smaller shows like Singularity sets, which are just, uh, I don't have the drummers with me. So I just throw down a pile of electronics on the table and do this massive improv set, which is always a lot of fun. I've done that all over the place, ranging from LA to Chicago to everywhere. So it's always a lot of fun uh, and very different than the normal live art and sphere kind of experience. So moving on to Cold Waves, have you been to any of the past shows? I've, I've not actually had the chance to go to Cold Waves yet, just because it's like a billion miles away from where I live. But uh, I remember last year, you know, watching you know stuff up here online and be like, oh my god, the internet's exploding because Cuminate put on this performance. And I'd just be like, oh man, I wish I was there to experience that with everybody. Front 242, they put on a really good show. I saw them out at um, uh, Mariluna in Germany. Walked in on uh, Jean-Luc there when he's changing. That was funny. He's like standing there naked in the door, staring me in the eye. We had we had a moment together. It was beautiful. Looking forward to see Pankow. Of course, my old buddies and uh, Eamon and uh, Static Bloom is always awesome. I've seen him a couple of times now. He always puts on a killer gig. If it uh, if I wasn't making this stuff, I'd still be going to the festivals just because I, I love the music. I love the scene. So, like, look at this lineup. <laughs> it's crazy.
On this episode, you heard Thin Veil, Tale of Two Wolves, and The Doorway. A Varden Sphere can be found at facebook.com slash a Our opening music is Monster Zero by Accumination. Our closing music is Messiah by Splinter Group. Our podcast was named by Karen Bray. Subscribe to the show through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app with a link found in the show notes. Join us next week as we chat with Fade Kaner from Static Bloom. Our closing segment each week is dedicated to the inspiration for Cold Waves, fallen Chicago musician, and soundman Jamie Duffy. Here's Jamie's mom, Pat Duffy, a.k.a. Mama Kid, remembering a young Jamie. When he was in high school, he always liked to horse around and play with things. So, you know, the TV was in his bedroom and the stereo speakers, he had the stereo hooked up to it. So I turn on the TV and it sounds like everybody's underwater. And I can't undo this because he's run everything through an effects processor. So when he came, comes home, I'm like, what the hell's going on? And he also did the same thing like to my telephone answering machine. So he would run things through effects processors just to see what he could do. So he could hit a key on the keyboard and, you know, it'd make it sound like a robot. So he was just having fun with things. And I should have known then, you know. <laughs> I remember him talking about this, you know, so, you know, he'd always tell me about these bands and who he was working with. So, you know, I'd always, like, run to the store and, I, you know, at the time it was Musicland or wherever I could go to get the CD, like Evil Mothers, you know. And there was Chris Connolly and other, you know, bands that he would work in Chicago tracks. And then he was talking about this band he was working with, Acumen.